0: Well, there's some positive news in the market. We are going to have a positive week, it looks like, in the making currently right now, which I think is, from what I'm reading on the reports right now, is it's been a while since we've had a decent week like this. And potentially, this is also at the same time, at least being reported, that this hasn't happened in a couple of weeks. This is like, actually, this is our fourth straight winning week in the making since the beginning of the year. So. Wall Street isn't seemed a little too worried right now, which is fine. That's their personal opinion. And maybe the markets are going to show why in a few days, or they're just betting right now that things are turning around. So, but it's good to see. But we do have a lot of news to talk about today. And we're going to have a two-part segment again for this today as well, due to the fact of what news is being released. First off, we're going to talk about Apple being in this podcast, how Apple is able to beat but comes up light on I- iPhone so- iPhone sales and services overall. Then we also have some news from Amazon, and this is kind of a big one that we need to be able to get into a little bit today about Amazon, about what how their quarter was, what's going on, what's Wall Street currently thinking right now, and be able to go from there overall. Then we have some news that we have to cover on Elon Musk and Twitter there there's so much that's happening and there's also apparently it's affecting dogecoin a little bit at least in yesterday's reporting a little bit or maybe it was on wednesdays but we still got to be able to talk about what's going on that's area of the market as well as it might determine a lot of what's going on in the future so like I said at the beginning of each podcast, I have to remind you that I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. Everything I talk about in this podcast is for information purposes only. You need to do your own research before investing in any company as you're not guaranteed to make money in the stock market when you invest. Please talk to your financial advisor as they'd understand your financial situation a lot better than I would. I also legally cannot give you any financial advice. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. With that, let's begin today's podcast. Apple beats, but comes up light on iPhone sales and services. Apple reported fiscal fourth quarter earnings on Thursday that beat Wall Street's expectation on revenue and earnings per share. However, Apple came up short versus revenue expectations and core product categories, including the company's iPhone business and services. Apple shares rose 1% in extended trading, and I believe right now Apple stock is up for the day as well. And here's how Apple did versus the Refinitiv Consensus Estimates. Earning per share was $1.29 versus the $1.27 estimate. Apple's revenue was $90.15 billion versus $88.9 billion estimate. It's up 8.1% year over year. iPhone revenue, $42.63 billion versus the $43.21 billion estimated, which is up 9.67% year over year. Mac revenue is $11.51 billion versus $9.36 billion iPad revenue is 7.17 billion versus 7.94 billion estimated. Other products and revenue 9.65 billion versus 9.17 billion estimated. Service revenue is at 19.19 billion versus 20.10 billion estimated. And gross margins are at 42.3% versus 42.1% estimated. Apple did not provide official guidance for its first fiscal quarter which ends in December and contains Apple's biggest sales season of the year. It hasn't provided guidance since 2020, citing uncertainty. However, Apple CFO, Luca, uh, gave investors a few data points that caused the stock to dip momentarily during the company's earnings call. He said that the total year-over-year revenue would grow in December less than 8.1% during the September quarter. He added that max sales would actually decline in December quarter on the annual annual basis. He also said the services would grow year-over-year during the quarter, but would be hurt by the macroeconomic environment. Quote, we're not providing revenue guidance, but we are sharing some of the directly in sight, he said. Apple increased revenue by 8% during the quarter, and Apple CEO Tim Cook told CNBC that it would have grown double digits if not for the strong dollar. Total sales in Apple's fiscal 2022 were up 8% to $394.3 Quote, the foreign exchange headwinds were over 600 basis points for the quarter, Cook told CNBC. Uh, Steve Kovac. So it was significant. We would have grown in double digits without the foreign exchange headwinds. That's an interesting thought that they would have grown in double digits if it wasn't for that. So that means they would have have crushed this quarter if it wasn't for that. That's an interesting thought. Quote, we're hiring deliberately and we've slowed the pace of hiring, Cook said. Apple's iPhone business increased sales by over 9% on the annual basis. It came up just short versus analysis expectations. Apple's September quarter had eight days of iPhone 14 sales, and analysis are closely looking for details about if Apple's customers are trading up for more expensive models or if the new devices are poised to sustain higher sales through, the April, uh, through Apple's fiscal 2023. Cook indicated that Apple's performance in phone, in phone sales was strongly despite signs of the smartphone companies are struggling with recent decreases in demand and said that the company grew switchers or people who have bought an Apple phone after having an Android devices. He added that the company's high-end phones, the iPhone 14s pro were supply constrained. You know, it's funny. We had just read an article the other day, and this is where we were wrong where we were reading about how the glass industry wasn't recovering. So in reality, maybe the glass industry was wrong at the end of the day and we were wrong too. And you now granted, we were also looking at Spotify to give us an idea of how Apple is going to be doing. And of course, Spotify did. Okay. And we thought, well, that means Apple's going to struggle as well with iTunes and all that. But it seems like that doesn't seem to be the case. Apple seems to be able to weather a storm like this. And Wall Street right now, they're pretty happy with Apple. And I was reading a report this morning that said that Apple's one of those companies where you you don't trade it. You just invest in it. That's a little worrisome for that type of title, if I'm not mistaken. But Apple seems to be weathering the storm pretty well out of all the tech companies that have reported earnings this week. You had Microsoft that didn't meet expectations, Facebook, or actually Meta as it's called didn't meet F- expectations, Alphabet didn't meet expectations. Now you have Amazon that also reported too. And this is kind of a big deal for Amazon. Amazon stock sinks 13% on weak fourth quarter guidance. Okay. Amazon shares plummeted 13% in extended trading on Thursday after the company issued a disappointing fourth-quarter forecast and missed on revenue estimates. Here are the key numbers: earnings, 28 cents per share; revenue, 127.10 billion versus 127.46 billion according to definitive estimates. Here, here's how the other key Amazon segments did during the quarter. Amazon Web Services was 20.5 billion versus 21.1 billion expected advertisements at 9.5 billion versus 9.48 billion expected. Amazon said it expected the post fourth quarter revenue between 140 billion and 148 billion representing year-over-year growth of 2% to 8%. Analysis were expecting sales to come in at 155.15 billion according to Refinitiv. Revenue grew 15% in the third quarter marking a return to double-digit sales expansion but it still fell short of Wall Street's expectation uh, correction Wall Street's projections. Like the rest of big tech, Amazon has had a rocky year so far as it confronts macroeconomic headwinds, soaring inflation, and rising interest rates. Those challenges have co- coincided with a slowdown in Amazon core retail businesses as consumers return to shopping in stores. It's the second time this year that Amazon's results have been disappointing enough to spark a double-digit percentage sell-off. In April, a weak forecast for the second quarter led to a 14% drop in the stock. Under CEO Andy Jassy, who took the helm from founder Jeff Bezos in July of 2021, Amazon has responded to rising expenses by aggressively cutting costs across numerous divisions in recent months. It shed warehouse space, halted some experimental projects, shuttered its telehealth services and froze hiring for the corporate roles in its retail business. Quote, there's obviously a lot happening in the macroeconomic environment, JC said in the press release, and we'll balance our investment to be more streamlined without compromising our long Key long term strategic bets. Amazon CFO Brian, Ol- I think it's Ols- Ols- Olsaki, said that the company cut its capital expenditures budget for this year by a third quarter, uh, by a third, after it spent heavily over the last two years on things like ramping its fulfillment and logistics network to meet pandemic induced demand. The company is now taking steps to tighten our belts, including pausing hiring in certain businesses and winding down products and services where we believe our resources are better spent elsewhere. You know, maybe this is another thought too, before we get into the next segment about Amazon or what's happening with them. And something I was just thinking about, you know, we didn't read a lot of reports that Apple was going to do poorly going into this quarter besides the glass company. And we, and we were speculating based off Spotify here on this podcast. We have read articles that Amazon was cutting back on employees, and obviously we've mentioned those other companies as well, but Amazon in particular was having a hiring freeze at the time, and now they're admitting it in this article. So maybe in reality, you can get a better idea. Now, granted, there are other factors at the end of the day that determine what happens to a company, but at least during this time right now. Maybe the negative news leading up—if a company's talking a lot—that means their reports are not going to be that good coming up. Maybe that's something we'll have to take a look at in future podcasts as we continue reporting these news. But it is something to think about because Apple didn't have that many—didn't have that many news articles written about them leading up to this quarter's earnings call, and yet their company's doing well. In fact, there's that meme that's going around that shows like the Grim Reaper knocking on doors, and there's blood as like for each company it's been poured. Performing poorly, and then there's Apple that has a strong arm kicking back the, the Grim Reaper. Who knows? But continuing on with Amazon, Amazon's cloud business just recorded its weakest growth to date and misses analysis estimates. Now this is kind of a big deal, and and they'll it'll explain later later why in this podcast when we read this article why it's kind of a big deal. Amazon said Thursday that revenue growth in its cloud computing unit slowed in the fiscal. Cr- third quarter to 27.5 missing analysis estimates. It's the slowest expansion since at least 2014, the year Amazon started reporting on group finances. Revenue at AWS came in at 20.5 billion, according to a statement. While analysis pulled by street account had expected 21.1 billion, revenue grew 33% in the second quarter. AWS now contributes 16% of Amazon's total revenue toward the end of the quarter. The revenue growth percentages for AWS was in the mid-20s, Amazon's financial chief said on a conference call with analysis. AWS, which is Amazon launched in 2006, controlled about 39% of the cloud infrastructure market in 2021, down from 41% in 2020, according to estimates from technology industry researcher Gardner. Google and Microsoft all gained share last year, Gardner said. The industry has been steady growing, uh, Has correction the industry has been seen steady growth as business continue to offload their computing and storage to the cloud quote the ongoing macroeconomic uncertainties have seen an uptick in aws customers focused on controlling costs and we are proactively working to help customers cost optimize such as we have done throughout the history especially in periods of economic uncertainty the breadth of the depth of our service offerings enable us to help them do things like move storage to lower price tier options, and shift workloads to our Gavitron, correction, Graviton chips. Operating income for the division was $5.4 billion, less than the street account consensus of $6.37 billion. Amazon as a whole had a $2.53 billion in quarterly operating income. AWS operating margin co- contracted to 263 from 29% in the second quarter. Olvisky said Amazon has seen wage inflation in 2022. Good to see that they're reporting that here in this article. Particularly in AWS and higher energy prices are cutting into the operational income as well. Quote, we are fighting through some of that as well, which is a new thing for the AWS business, he said. During the quarter, AWS launched its second cloud data center region in United Arab Emirates and announced the availability of serviceless services that help developers deploy data analytics tools with minimal server management work. And of course, then they last thing they'll say is Amazon slowed the pace of hiring and AWS, even as it continues to grow faster than the company's core e-commerce business. Now that's also important to point out too. Wall Street's probably gonna be paying attention in the future about the cloud services that Amazon has. If it's growing faster than its e-commerce side, which means e-commerce might be hitting a wall potentially. Now, I personally think e-commerce could hit another growth phase again, based off of the potential of, Uh, The metaverse in particular, because like I've mentioned in the past, I believe you can use the metaverse and e-commerce together to be able to get more revenue to come in, which would be an interesting thought to see. But it's still there's still things that are going to be happening and the cloud services are going to be the next big thing. Now, who takes over in the end? It's hard to tell. I mean, the three companies they named, Amazon, Google, and Microsoft, they all had rough quarters at the end of the day. And it's not looking good for all three of them right now. So who comes out on top? It's anyone's game at this point. So, and continuing on, the last thing we'll talk about in the tech industry has to do with Elon Musk, Twitter, and Dogecoin. Okay, Dogecoin surges 35% as Elon Musk Twitter deal approaches close. Dogecoin, the cryptocurrency brand at a virtual dog meme from 2013, is up 35% since Monday as Elon Musk deal to buy Twitter approaches a close, which I believe is starting to close today. The price of the token often moves in lockstep with comments made by the Tesla CEO. Doge is up 10% in the last 24 hours after SpaceX chief changed his Twitter bio to chief of twit. On Wednesday, similarly, the mean token saw a price surge in April when Musk first floated the idea of adding Dogecoin as a payment method for Twitter's subscription services. Blue is also saw a sell-off in June as Musk tried to back out of the purchase. But following the months-long battle between Musk and Twitter over the sale, all signs pointed to Musk closing the deal by his deadline of 5 p.m. on Friday. The alternative is Musk facing trial in a Delaware courtroom. The price surge in Dogecoin, pronounced "Dogecoin" with a soft G sound, also coincides with rumors that Twitter is prototyping its own crypto wallet. Uh, Jan Wong, a popular tech blogger known for her persistent calls in the space, tweeted on Monday that Twitter was working on a wallet prototype and that supports crypto deposits and withdrawals. Quote, we don't know what kind of cryptocurrency will be supported yet or which network, Wong told CNBC. Twitter has not announced a cryptocurrency wallet product, but the the social media company did roll out a tipping feature last year, which allows users to send creators Bitcoin via the platform in February. Twitter added either to its tip transfers. Oh boy, Elon Musk and Coin. Probably will use something on that too for Twitter at the end of the day. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't read Elon's mind. But Elon, he he's going to do something with Deutsch. He loves Deutsch coin. That's, I don't know if he likes it because it's a meme or if he actually thinks it has some value in this world that we live in. But he will think of something with it probably at the end of the day. This isn't financial advice, but he has mentioned it a lot if you ever pay attention to everything he talks about. Now, for the most important news from Elon, though, with Twitter, though, because Deutsche Coin was kind of just leading up to this, okay? Elon's making moves at Twitter, okay? says here from the tech, Elon's now in charge of Twitter. CEO and CFO have left, sources say. This is big news, okay? Tesla CEO Elon Musk is now in charge of Twitter. CNBC has learned. Twitter CEO, uh, Perag, Uh, our and financial chief ned Segal have left the company san francisco headquarters and will not be returning sources said the head of legal policy and trust safety was also fired the washington post reported musk had until friday to complete the deal we already talked about that and then (laughs) then elon the billionaire tweeted the bird is freed in an apparent reference the takeover being completed twitter did not immediately respond to a request for a comment in april twitter accepted proposal to buy the social media services and take it private however musen began to sounding doubts you know it's crazy moves are being made at twitter okay the fact that he's already letting people go is insane like absolutely insane right now that he's already he's let go of the ceo we kind of called it saying that the ceo was going to be let go and it's also funny too, because he was reinsuring people at Twitter. He's like, oh no, layoffs aren't going to happen. No, Elon Musk has said he's going to end up firing at least 75% of Twitter. If I remember, Maybe, maybe 7, 000, it was either 7,500 or 75, 75%. I can't remember the numbers. We report so much here on this podcast. Go listen to that past podcast about Twitter if you want to know how much he's planning the layoff. But he started with the CEO because he's in charge. You know... Just a food for thought in the future for any potential. now this, I can't, this isn't technically financial advice, but it is something to pay attention to. These CEOs tend to just move from company to company. And honestly, once you've been a CEO, you don't really go down in another job description. So I'm curious to know who's going to hire the former Twitter CEO. And I'm also curious to know who's going to fo- hire the former Twitter CEO financial chief from Twitter. And honestly, that is something to pay attention to. I personally wouldn't be surprised if an ESG type type investment company, which if you don't know what ESG stands for, it means environmental social governance. I wouldn't be surprised if one of those companies ends up hiring these people. And I'm also curious too, whatever company hires them, I wonder how the, like literally, this is like a study that could probably be done how a company stock did before the CEO took over the former Twitter CEO and what it's like since he took over. And then obviously you can do a study of what it was like after someone took over or after he left the position. But in reality, it's just an interesting thought. I mean, they talk about it on wall street a lot. There's some CEOs that are really, really good for companies and there's other CEOs that are not that good at the end of the day. And it's just interesting to see like these study reports about what's happening in these companies. I mean, it's kind of a big deal. A lot of people are celebrating at the fact that people like the CEO, former CEO of Twitter has been let go. A lot of people are celebrating on the internet right now about it. He, He was, he was apparently trending last night too on Twitter, but this is also bigger news. That's finally happening. It looks like more layoffs are happening because this is breaking news, at least before we had started this podcast. We were hoping we can get to this point, but with more information, and it's finally being released right now from the tech industry. Departing Twitter employees say layoffs have started as Elon Musk takes over. Okay. On Elon Musk's first day of control Twitter, the company has started laying off employees, including data engineers, self-identified former employees, told CNBC. And then there's a tweet with a picture where it says, it's happening. Entire team of data engineers let go. These are two of them. Now, granted, it's just two of them. Okay, it says a person who walked out of Twitter San Francisco headquarters and identified themselves as a Twitter data engineer said that they were just laid off by a directed director in person. CNBC was not able to immediately re- verify the, the identity, the identity of the people who left Twitter's headquarters and spoke with reporters. Okay. It continues to go on. It says Twitter did not immediately respond to a request for comment about layoffs. Musk finally took over the company on Thursday, ending a months long legal saga. The billionaire tech space CEO just agreed to buy the company. We don't need to get into that. Says here later on, too. Uh Prior to the original trial date earlier this month, Musk agreed once again to close the deal. On Thursday, several top executives have departed the companies, including CEO and CFO. Layoffs look like they're beginning. Now, here's the thing these could be actors at the end of the day, for all we know. Okay. And we'll probably continue to see if there's any news about layoffs happening. I mean, these look legit with two people. I mean, they're holding boxes in the photo, it looks like. And they look like they're leaving the headquarters. They look sad. I mean, give them that. I mean, it it stinks when you lose your job at the end of the day. But it's interesting to see that this is happening now. In all honestly, Elon Musk is probably going to clean house at Twitter. High, 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 high probability he's going to start cleaning out house. And I'm curious to see how Twitter becomes as a platform in the social media network in the making. And honestly, it could potentially start a potential revolution in the media market where the media finally starts reporting news correctly instead of having potential political bias. Okay? It's something that they've talked about a lot in CNBC in the past too. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how this happens at the end of the day how the media could be changing. I mean, it's already happening at CNN. CNN is already they've already been getting rid of shows, they've been getting rid of people at CNN just to make sure that CNN survives. Now it looks like Twitter's next. And who knows what the next company is going to be after that. So We'll, we'll report more when we get it, but Elon's starting to make moves and there's nothing we c- well, there's nothing really people can do anymore about it. Twitter's no longer a publicly traded company as of today, either, if I'm not mistaken. And Twitter's officially off the, the NASDAQ. But as people have told me in the past, businesses can do whatever they want at the end of the day. Let's see if these news reporters actually agree or disagree with these statements, because that's all I've heard the last few years is... Oh, businesses can hire and fire whoever they want. And it's no big deal. Now that it's potentially switching, do these companies still agree? Do these news reporters still agree? It's going to be interesting. I'll leave it there. With that being said, thank you so much for today's podcast. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you had, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Every like and subscription helps grow this podcast channel in order for us to continue to get the word out about what's happening. Small disclosure, I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the podcast. I do have a small position in Apple. It is a long-term position and I do own the stock. I forgot to mention that at the beginning of this podcast as well. With that being said, fellow podcast listeners, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Thank you and goodbye.